Awesome, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. I'm super excited about this episode. But before we begin, I want you to connect with me. Go to YouTube, right in CVMK. It's short and it's simple. It's four letters. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the like, share, subscribe button. Keep up with all amazing content. Instagram at CVMK33. And it is what it is, underscore show. TikTok at CVMK Global, where it goes down. And the best supplements, of course, are brought with me. Pre-workout superpower. Only at www.cvmkglobal.store. We have an amazing guest. I'm grateful for this guest. Uh, we've been trying to get our calendars to align and really discuss uh, the topic really of holistic fitness. And I just want to inquire, try to understand really what are the parameters around that, her work and everything that she's done and the value that she brings. But with that being said, Rakisha, how are you doing today? I am doing amazing. And it's, and it's an honor to be with you on the show today. Cool, cool. Look, I appreciate you being here. Well, look, for those who do not know you, if you could give just a brief introduction of who you are, what you've done, and then we'll begin from there. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much. Well, as you shared, my name is Rakesha McMillan. I'm a certified integrative nutrition health coach, and I just have a passion to help people to get well in their physical body, their soul, their spirit. Uh, I'm an honorably retired Air Force veteran. I've been to every state in the United States. Um, I've traveled all over the world. I love connecting with people, love being out in nature, love the beaches. I'm here on the Upper East Coast in the great state of New Jersey, (laughs) the Garden State. And uh, again, just a passion for health, health and wellness. So thank you so much. No problem. Look, well, first of all, thank you for your service. And we are about to begin because I want to get some insight into this holistic fitness uh, approach. But just a quick word from our sponsors. There's a hero in all of us waiting to be unleashed. All it takes is just that one last push. Activate the hero within with CBMK Global Supplements. All natural, steroid-free, designed to enhance performance, build muscle, and increase energy. You are unstoppable. You can do this. Become your own hero at www.cbmkglobal.store. All right, y'all, www.cbmkglobal.store, where it goes down. So first question. Um, you mentioned you want to see people get well, right? Mm -hmm. This approach of holistic fitness that, you know, I think is in, is in nuance, uh, as an evolution because maybe traditionally. So when individuals think of fitness, they only think of it from one aspect that Mm -hmm. wellness or holistic fitness wellness, I don't know if they're interchangeable, but they could be. Uh, is an all-encompassing factor. Mm-hmm. So how do you go about actually achieving that? Yeah, and you know, the human body is an amazing, amazing masterpiece. And I think that being able to approach it in its totality is something that we must do. And so When it comes down to holistic fitness, there's not a one size fits all cookie cutter 
fitness approach because every person is different. What works for one person may not work for another person. So I think it really um, focuses on what we call bio-individuality because everyone has different needs. And so depending on the needs of that person, that's how we're going to approach their holistic fitness. Um, some people may do well with whether it's weight training, straight strength training. Some people do well, whether it's low impact aerobics. So it's really going to be based on the needs of the person and where they're really at physically. And so that really takes time to do an assessment to really hear where the person is at, takes a lot of listening to really map out that plan that works best for that individual. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, the assessment, the individualized plan, because you're absolutely correct. No two people are the same. Uh, different uh, statuses or, or I would say stations in life, uh, different goals. Uh, for one, it's the, you know, I want to lose 20 pounds. To the other is I want to get shredded. You know, and those are two different yeah. levels depending on where they're currently at, right? And to actually create this uh, unique strategy that is tailor-made for them, mm -hmm. I think speaks volume. Why, why that versus uh, the traditional route of, well, I just need to increase physical exercise or I just need to join a gym? Why should there be a step before a step? You know, mm -hmm. because I think traditional thought is I can do it myself. Right. And therefore, you know, I just need to become a part of an environment that is conducive to that. Why is this step necessary? Mm -hmm. No, I think that's important because if we're not really doing the assessment part of seeing where an individual is at and they're engaging in some type of fitness program that is not going to produce the results that they're looking for, it's almost kind of like you're having to start over from point A, when you're trying to get to point Z, but you're not going to make the progress, you're not going to make, to get the results that are really necessary for that person to, to get to that place of fitness. When we talk about blockages, so something I've been really thinking about is what prevents um, anybody from obtaining any goal. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, I used to, I've been back and forth on this, you know, is it effort? Mm. Is it environment? Mm. Is it effort? Is it environment? And now I think it's more environment that affects effort. Mm -hmm. And it's probably more, I would say, economically driven. Mm -hmm. I would beg to say, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I completely can be transparent that as long as it's not like a disease or something like that, right? Like I'm not a medical doctor, but I would say if, if it's just on the level of obesity, right? Mm -hmm. That really it is a economic sign more mm -hmm. than anything. It's systemically economic, right? Mm -hmm. How does that play? And, and I, only because I, I was thinking like, if you join a gym, that's the cost per month. Yeah. If you get a trainer, that's a cost per month. Mm -hmm. Eating healthy is an added cost per month. Yeah. Right. So start adding up. It seems to me it's more of an economic 
mm-hmm. um, systemic issue yeah. than it is necessarily somebody who's just lazy and wants to play mm-hmm. PlayStation. Wow, that that's great that you bring that up. I think it's actually a couple of things. Okay. When we look at different cultures, and I study this a lot when it comes to fitness and health and wellness, when it comes to North America, Western culture, we have gyms on every corner, right? We promote fitness uh, on a very high scale. When we look at the healthiest countries in the world, ranked 100, the healthiest countries in the world don't have the fitness centers. They don't have the gyms. So a lot of times their fitness comes in the form of functional fitness, whether that's walking, whether that's in Tai Chi. So I think it's really the culture that's promoted. But I also think the mindset of how people approach, whether it's getting fit. And I think a lot of times we have to work on shifting those mindsets and changing the mindsets to really understand the value of fitness, understanding the overall purpose of fitness, because it's about living a better quality of life. It is about promoting longevity. So I think that economics can come into play, but I think a lot of times it has to do with the mindset and how we are approaching and looking at fitness. Because when it comes to whether walking, running, it doesn't necessarily cost any money, right? Those things are free. And so I think that it really um, focuses on those areas. But also I think that there, there are economical ways to really get or incorporate fitness into your life, but it's really planning and budgeting those measures because we certainly don't want to use that as a crutch to not move into a path of better health. Because when we're talking about spending extra dollars on fitness, I'm of the mindset there's no amount of money that we can put on our health because once we lose our health and work on recovering it, we're making an investment. So if we're looking at gym memberships, if we're looking at um, even supplementation, those are investments that we're making in our health to live a better quality of life. You hit upon something, and I like the, because you mentioned you said changing the mindset. Why? What is the mindset of an American or, or Western civilization as a whole? Why are we programmed to be unhealthy? Hmm. You know, I think it has a lot to do with the media, and I because I don't think if we think about the commercials that come on TV a lot, a lot of them focus and center around food. We are in communities where there's restaurants on every corner. And so I think we're just inundated with a culture of just when it comes to our eating, the way that we approach food, I think we're just inundated from every side when it comes to that. Is it design chaos? And I, and I, 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 I agree that we are inundated with um, really an overload of mm-hmm. 
information, I'm trying to word it carefully, information that necessarily won't benefit us long term. Right. I feel like we, as a country, we spend billions of dollars advertising Mm -hmm. everything. Everything. Everything is about advertising. Everything is about marketing. Uh, But what actually will create sustainability, we really don't market that well. We always look to commercialize even the purest uh, operations. Yeah. Um, and I and I think I think the the challenge is in a free market society, competition, mm-hmm. let me say this correctly. <laughs> competition is the vehicle that Mm -hmm. allows a certain level of toxicity Mm -hmm. as long as it's not overt Mm -hmm. (laughs) or uh, inherently dangerous. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm wrong. You're the, you're the expert (laughs) in this, but it's like, you know, if I can, perfect example, because that might come off, you know, left. Let's say I, I advertise, I own a, fast food restaurant. Yeah. Let's say I have 10 cent um, quarter pounder. Uh, no, because I might speak to a different, a 10 cent half a pound of cheeseburger specials. Every Wednesday, you can get half a pound yeah. of my cheeseburger specials for 10 cents. And mm-hmm. everybody is allowed a number 10. And But there's really no way to track that, right? So you can yeah. get, uh, you know, five pounds of just, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these half a pound, <laughs> five selections, whatever, whatever the number is. Just a mm-hmm. lot of unnecessary food. Yes. At a very economical cost. And it's legal. I mean, they're not breaking any laws. It's not unethical. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not anything. It's just business. Mm-hmm. But I know that I've already done the research. I know that most people don't cook. Right. I know that Wednesdays, or what we call hump day might be the most um, outside of celebratory days of eating like Friday. Cause that's usually when people want to celebrate things because mm-hmm. of the midweek kind of rush and whatnot, the chances of a fast food visitation, let's say increase mm-hmm. specifically from this hour to this hour, right. it would be in my best interest to inundate the channels with this service offering knowing that usually the ones that are going down this also suffer from mm-hmm. other systemic issues, yes. but it yeah. all plays a part. Yeah. Is, that, is that fair? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because if we look at the billions of dollars that are spent every year on fast food, and then we equate that to the billions of dollars that are spent on people recovering their health, mm. A lot of times there's no correlation between the two, but they are very much connected because when you have fast food that you can basically get for pennies on the dollar and you're not really understanding the whole concept of healthy food promoting nutrition in your body. And if you're being promoted, because a lot of what's being promoted isn't even really food, it's a food product. But people don't know that. They're just really 
wanting to get something to satisfy that hunger, but not realizing in that that's contributing to our 65% obesity rate. That's contributing to the metabolic health issues such as high cholesterol, high blood pressure. All of these different things are being equated to what we're eating, but it is also impacting the healthcare system. And so I I definitely believe that that is a, a fair statement that you're making. I like it like that. I got I got some more questions, but just another quick word uh, from our TV commercial. Hey, what's up? It's CVMK33. Look, I want you to subscribe, hit the notification bell, subscribe here, 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 everywhere, so you can get the latest and greatest of this podcast content. Stay tuned. All right, y'all, subscribe, CVMK. Uh, so, so we talk about the correlation between what is spent, the marketing aspect of it, and then the, I would say, related issues of health disparity and what that medical cost is. And maybe we just don't want to address the elephant in the room that the two might be, you know, of the same father, you know, <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, like this the, is the child that nobody was, you know, so what, what, how do we do this? I mean, like, how, how can I, he's like, this is your niche. You mm-hmm. say like this isn't even. We're not even selling food. No, right. We're selling a food byproduct. That's right. So if that's the case, and I don't even know what I'm putting in my body, how? Where do I start? Like, mm-hmm. I, I want to start. Where do I start? What grocery stores? Mm-hmm. What should I be looking at mm-hmm. for me to determine that this is nutritious and this won't harm me? Mm-hmm. No, that's a great question. So it's looking at, again, what it is that you're eating, because anything that is highly processed, it is truly not food. Again, it is a food product or a food particle. So the best place to start is with whole food. So anything that you can pick off of a tree, anything that grows out of the ground, any fruit, any vegetable, These are the things that you want to be starting off with in a very simple manner, starting to integrate them slowly into your eating habits. And so replacing those things, for instance, if you're, you know, so accustomed to eating potato chips or you're so accustomed to eating um, the foods that are not going to serve you, look at replacing those with healthier alternatives such as fruit, something that's going to sustain you. We have plenty of nuts. We have legumes. There's a wide variety of food that we can eat that is going to serve you well when it comes to your health. So I would say start with whole foods, start out simple, incorporating those minor changes because it just takes one simple change. Because if you can just get one thing and then just start mastering that, and then start mastering another thing before you know it, it's going to become a lifestyle. How come we don't farm? Uh, so you say like things that grow out of the ground, right? Yes. You know, um, you're a very accomplished individual. I, I don't run into many individuals who have dedicated their life's work to farming. You know, like they have degrees in food sustainability or they're actually they own a farm. And when you hear of farmers, you hear of, you know, being subsidized to not farm or you hear of certain farmers being left out. How come farming is not a focus? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up because, 
you know, the farmer, I think, is so underrated in a sense to, as you said, so much of it has been subsidized now. A lot of people aren't farming like they used to, and people don't necessarily say, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a farmer, unless it's something that's been in your family for generations. I think that it is because the convenience of whether it's genetically modified foods or either processed foods that are really starting to dominate and take over the um, concern of really where our, our food is actually coming from. And so I think there's a lot of things behind it. The subsidy, as you mentioned, I think that also just the work that is actually involved in the farming aspect in itself, that is a, a non-traditional job, but it requires so much work, so much dedication. Um, I think there's a lot of restrictions as well as regulations on how to farm these days that are really deterring individuals from moving into that actual industry. I know like within the veteran community, they really recruit, they're re really recruiting very hard to try to get individuals to move into that career field because our farmers are becoming extinct. They're really becoming extinct. And so they're really working on a lot of recruiting efforts to get people to move into the farming career field. Well said. I And I would personally, and you know, uh, what do I do in this case? Anybody, you know, jobs listening. Uh, but <laughs> um, I think not having the focus of farming. Ultimately, I feel like it's the uh, the last jenga block, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you remove this, the whole yeah. tower falls, right? Like it's yeah. it's, a, it's a very important jenga block because it's not really a point of emphasis in schools. Uh, you don't really hear about agrarian science or you know, agricultural, you know, understanding until post uh, college or I was a secondary, you know, institution. And even then, if you say if you sample 10 people and you say, what do you want to be? I want to be a, a data scientist. I want to be a robotics engineer. I want to be a lawyer, a doctor. Probably nine out of 10 will not say farming. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we haven't made farming. It almost seems like a yesteryear's occupation, mm -hmm. but the year still feeds today. It still feeds like everybody has to eat. Like I haven't met a human being that does not eat, you know? <laughs> so um, where can we, what can we do um, to petition that? What can we do to create awareness and say, like, if we don't make this a priority, yeah, organic creation of food. Or yeah. you can open up ten thousand gyms; it won't matter. Yeah, no, I am a strong supporter and a strong believer in our local farmers markets. That you know, these are our farmers who are in the local community, sustaining and supporting. I know we have quite a few here in New Jersey. I know throughout other states they do too. But I would say, even if you're you're starting in your local community, start with supporting your local farm, farmer's markets because you're supporting and you're sustaining the local farmer as well as you're supporting small businesses in the community. 
And you are also getting that whole nourishing food that you need. And so I think it's, again, starting locally. There are also things that you can do as far as, um, I think it's, uh, you can do a search for localfarmersmarkets.com to Mm. find out where your local farmers markets are so that you can support them in that way. We can start. We can start simple. Okay, so a couple more questions. And I know, you know, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, I want to pa- or start here and then we'll go to a break. Mm-hmm. What makes you different? And and I think this is key because um, when you align, right, let's say you, you create uh, the fitness coach and somebody's looking like, I really want to improve. I really want to be better. You know, mm-hmm. I want to eat better. I want to do better. I want to improve. Um, and they're going through, you know, Google, right? Mm-hmm. Probably starts, everything starts with Google, right? And mm-hmm. then they go to the ground mm-hmm. and a lot of, a lot of selection, let's just say a lot of selection is made off of, uh, optics, uh, emotional excitement, uh, what is appeasing to the senses, but it's not really an in-depth understanding of, you know, unless you're really well-versed in that criteria, you, most people don't look at it and say, oh, she's got her master's in this. Uh, you know, yeah. I understand that. You know, like most people, the, the, the acronyms, the letters behind the names, right. all, you know, only validates that they feel like you won't take advantage of them. But there's really no follow-up. Yeah. What yeah. makes you different? Yeah. And so I, I think that what makes me different in the sense is that I really take a whole person approach, a client-centered approach to working with an individual. Because a lot of times, you know, if we're working on your fitness goals, getting you physically well, but you're emotionally eating, then we've got to deal with the emotional eating component first. Because if there's some type of emotional trauma, event, incident that happened in your life that is really hindering you from reaching that part of focusing on the fitness that we've got to work through the emotional stuff first. And so dealing with the emotional or the mental health is connected to the phys- the physical health and then even the spiritual health. So I work on the entire person, whether that's your environment, whether that is things that Um, You may be dealing with emotionally. So that's brought all into the work that I do with every client that I see. And so that's what makes me different or sets me apart, because sometimes the emphasis could just be on the outer part. We want to get you physically well, but emotionally inside, there could be some turmoil that is going on that's really going to impede your progress. And so looking at the whole person and working on it from that type of approach is what sets sets me apart. All right. All right. All right. We'll we'll be back with my final thought and then where you can connect with Rakesha. Word from our sponsors. I literally just tried the best pre-workout on the planet. With Superpower pre-workout, you have increased focus and a power boost every single time you work out. It's not only packed with 225 milligrams of caffeine, but it also has citrulline and creatine. It's insane how much energy and focus I had during my workouts. If you're ready to take your workouts to the next level, then ditch your current pre-workout and get the superpower pre-workout to be your own hero. www.cvmkglobal.store, y'all. Get the vegan protein 
uh transform that's my favorite uh and i like it and chocolate i i have a fan of vegan proteins and i stand by uh that product <laughs> so um uh so i, I want to not just give the opportunity of where they they connect with you but i want to talk about uh right before you sign off and then you can you know give your information where people can you know connect with you and support you and and how you can partner with them um the the future uh, should this this terminology uh, there's a lot of there's overlap there's also singularity in here and I know I'm being vague right now mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think I, I'm gonna try to make it make sense anytime you engage with a human being it's very multi-dimensional. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't care if you're talking about uh finding your next puppy. There's <laughs> still a very <laughs> you know, yeah. because we're gonna talk about your experience with your last puppy. Have you gotten over that? You know, have you ever been a dog owner? You know, like of so there's, there's 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 a lot of layers to this. It's not just yeah. selection of anything. And if uh COVID has taught us anything, and obviously we're past that. You know, mm-hmm. is that human beings have a lot of layers to them and there's a lot of unpacking. Uh, mm-hmm. So the future of wellness, yeah. right, will will um, will gyms wake up? Mm-hmm. And, and I think and I hear and here's where I paint the picture. I think gyms can no longer just be arenas to wear your favorite uh workout gear to wear your your tank top and the high shorts i think mm-hmm. it can't just be a social aspect uh i can't just be where the treadmill and the stairmaster and the bench press are mm-hmm. i think that the evolution of wellness has created the need for this environment to have multiple layers to it so you're seeing the addition of the smoothie bar. That was a light addition, but that was a positive step toward proper nutrition. Not the whole step, but a positive step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You see on the back end, you see it more like saunas and cryotherapies being added because they understand that the recovery aspect is just as important, if not more, than the training itself. So that's yeah. one level. But now I feel like there's an added element that is missing and this is this personal coach where you kind of fit in right like how to have a trusted person because some people aren't or some people's need is not to learn how to do a lunge right right? is a little bit more deeper so mm-hmm. where do you see the future of wellness or will it forever be a very siloed and more of uh, linear lanes? Mm-hmm. No, that's an excellent question. And, you know, when you share the future of medicine or the future of fitness or wellness, where is that going to take us? I think COVID certainly did change the whole dynamic of our gyms, of our fitness culture. But one of the things that I see that definitely has to be an element is that connected community. 
the connected community of people wanting to um, be with other people, even whether that's virtually, I think that is a true shift in the fitness culture because, you know, pre-COVID, there were some places that were doing things online, but now it is almost essential and it is a necessity to be able to have that particular layer but it creates community because I think even with COVID, people were feeling so disconnected and having a community where you can feel supported with your health, whether that's one-on-one or with a group of people who are working towards their fitness goals, their health goals, um, that is a, a major piece that I think has to be within the fitness trends moving forward. Perfect. Perfect. I like it. I like it. The sense of community is always needed. Uh, the beloved community. Uh, and this, and it just echoes right out of the scriptures itself. Uh, this is where they'll know you're my disciple, the love you have for one another. Right. So this, this sense of, of, of attachment and yet also servitude and responsibility toward all, toward the other is literally, I think, the the need for humanity. Rakisha, where can they connect with you? Say, hey, look, I heard what you said. I dig it. You know, I need, uh, you know, you to be my instructor. Where can they connect with you? Sure. You can connect with me on my my personal website, which is my name, RakishaMcMillan.com. You can go there. Um, I can help you out with a free assessment. And just to kind of see where you're at, even if it's just to listen and to hear where you're at on your health journey, I would be more than happy to support you. Awesome. Y'all connect with RakeshaMcMillan.com. Go to the website. The assessment is free. You don't even have to pay. So it doesn't make any sense not to. Chat with her, connect with her, uh, add Rakesha to the network. And you know what you want to do if you want to keep seeing amazing leaders like we have on today. Subscribe, YouTube, CVMK, CVMK33 on uh, Instagram. It is what it is, underscore show, CVMK Globe. It's the same thing everywhere. And www.cvmkglobal.store. And until next time, guys, thanks.